Hey, this is Jess. And this is Trevenia. This is the podcast, Why Does No One Tell You? Where we talk about all the things that we're learning as first-time moms that no one talks about or told us about. Welcome back to Why Does No One Tell You? As we wrap up the conversation with Abigail and her journey through postpartum depression. If you haven't heard the beginning of her story, pause now and go back and listen to parts one and two. Just to recap, last week Abigail told us her mental health affected everything in her life and that asking for help or allowing help does not mean you are unfit or unable to care for your children. She also shared how important it is to act as soon as you begin to sense a downward change in your mental health and emotions. If you think you may have postpartum depression, speak to a medical professional, counselor, or therapist and get help as soon as possible. Now for part three. I, I think the other thing that I wish that we had a better support system in place, you know, but like mm-hmm. I had a friend at the time and she, she, um, offered to come to my house and do personal like training in my garage with me twice a week. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think I would do that again, yeah. like postpartum, especially like yeah. just have things in place where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. every night when the kids are in bed at this time like so-and-so is going to come over and we're going to work out and so like like i'll definitely do that next time Mm -hmm. having plans in place like not just like a meal train but like right the it's all the things past that yeah like that you needed yeah i wanted to ask too about because i asked about the support um and you were touching on things of like around the house or people being there but like did you have any support emotionally and like mentally as far as like because you mentioned your friend who's like "Mm, that doesn't sound right or Mm -hmm. no that's not true you know or like that like helped you in taking those steps to like give you that extra support that like yes you can come out of this um there probably could have been um Mm -hmm. I did not go seek it out Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't I don't really I would say no Mm -hmm. (laughs) um not for lack of people trying. I mean, like there mm-hmm. were there were just very few people that I allowed to speak into my life mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's the but those people I think will be lifelong. You know. Yeah. So you mentioned too about they say like being alone is good. Do you think like when you're going through that because you said that you were fairly poisonous then? Do you think it's kind of a double-edged sword where, like, it is possible to be too alone? Mm -hmm. I was actually going to say that earlier, and then I got distracted. But, um, (laughs) like, they typically say whenever you're isolated like that, it Mm -hmm. leaves more and more space for the devil to come in and distract Mm -hmm. you or um, warp your point of view. Or um, this is maybe random, but I've heard lots of studies. People, well, Christian people do studies about, um, like, how you – treat your children once you've disciplined them and sending them to a room alone is actually one of the worst things that you can do because mm-hmm. it leaves all this empty space for them to try and process by themselves whether mm-hmm. you have it out for them or not right oh, wow so oh man um and i actually remember thinking that yeah. as a kid like my parents don't even like me you know mm-hmm. which is not true right so um yeah. i do i do think that there was a level of being alone that was probably not good mm. um but I don't think I ever got there because, like I said, I had those people that were pretty consistently coming over mm, um, that's great. that kept me out of that. Yeah. Mm. There was one more thing that I wanted to 
touch on, and that was about the emotional and mental changes that kind of add on to any other mental disease or problems yeah. you're having. Um, and we touched on it kind of briefly, I think, when we were talking about my husband and how you know, his whole identity was shifting mm, and yeah. the added responsibility and all of that is just extremely overwhelming sometimes. And so I think that um, there's a level of being overwhelmed that is pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast and be like, <laughs> I have postpartum depression, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. when hopefully you don't, you know. Um, but I do think that they, like, in the circle of moms, you know, and they're like, oh, your whole identity changes and oh, this and mm-hmm. oh, you know, you'll never be the same. They kind of gloss over mm. what that actually looks like. Yeah. Instead of being like, you're going to cry yourself to sleep a couple nights. Mm. <laughs> like there's going to be times when you hate the new you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I told her briefly while I was pregnant, like I didn't realize how bad my preeclampsia was. I was like so swollen. I could not look at a picture of my own face. Mm. Like I hated what I saw. Yeah. And I'd never been in a that position before. Right. And so I was like so shook that I was looking at myself and didn't like what I saw. Mm. I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that people experience that too, like with their postpartum bodies where it's like, yeah, how did this happen? Like, mm. I mean, I know how it happened, but also like I didn't think that it would be this different right you know all the like i told her i said i've got stretch marks literally from my calf (laughs) all the way up to my like my shoulders (laughs) like i've got stretch marks everywhere and it's because i gained water weight so fast Mm -hmm. at the end because of the preeclampsia but right um i think there's a lot of that that can really um maybe it's not like a mental like a, a hormonal imbalance or a chemical imbalance and it's really just like you're focusing on the wrong things, mm. you know, like, um, and I think that coming in with the, you know, my thoughts is not me mm. just because I have a thought doesn't mean that that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Um, and then being able to be like, Oh, that actually is not glorifying God. And that does not benefit me at all. Mm. And so yeah. I'm not going to allow that thought to stay like, yeah. And that's not something that people talk about. I right. mean, they, uh, that's actually not true. They've started, yeah. A mainstream thought process of um, mindfulness. Yeah, mindfulness, yeah. but it's like casting down thoughts is the Christian version, but it's mm-hmm. like um, invasive thoughts, I think is mm. what they call them. Okay. And yeah. they're like, oh, you know, you just had that crazy thought about that you don't. Mm-hmm. And moms also experience it too, especially with their kids where they like envision A like lot. worst case scenario. Yeah. Like, what's their kid I've almost been dying? With like, that recently. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. not going to lie. I literally just like almost broke down. I did tear up. And Nate was like, why are you crying? And I'm like, you wouldn't understand. Because right. like, in my head, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all you're going to do is tell me, oh, well, you shouldn't be thinking that. Right. Or oh, is that what you want? Then you shouldn't be saying that. And like, mm-hmm. he's like, babe, communicate with me. Communicate. I'm like, no, because I know exactly what you're going to tell me. And I know that it's not true, but yeah. I, it's like, it's, it's there. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? And he just like pressed and pressed and pressed. <laughs> and so eventually I just did end up telling him. But like, literally, like you said, I was like, mm-hmm. I've been having thoughts lately and I know they're not good. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, well, what are they? And I'm like, oh, yeah, about then, Atlas. I'm yeah. like, well, what are they? I'm like, <laughs> like if something happened to him, well, babe, you know, that's not going to happen. I'm like, right. see, I, I knew you were going to tell me. <laughs> I knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah. But then he actually came up later and like, 
apologized without apologizing. He was like, yeah, no, the <laughs> okay. devil's working overtime. He's been getting on me. He's been getting like, all in right. my thoughts too. If so. you're a man and you're listening to this, you need to learn to actually <laughs> apologize. Like, <laughs> that is a pandemic in our society right now. It is. It's they like don't know how to say step. sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Help your wife out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will mean the world. But yeah. like legit, like what you were saying about having thoughts about your yeah. kid, like what would happen to your kids and stuff. And yeah. And like people, but that's still, it's, it's just now becoming mainstream that those, those, they used, I mean, think about it, like not too long ago, they used to institutionalize people for thinking that like conspiracy theories, you know what I'm saying? And so if you were to tell someone that you were having these terrifying images of your children, just like Mm -hmm. going through these fatal accidents, it's like, you need some help. And it's like, actually, everybody does that. (laughs) Don't talk about it because they're scared. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So I think that can also really um, add to anything else that's going on with the healing process after having kids and yes. learning your new identity and mm-hmm. yeah, dealing with the, I mean, primal instinct to protect them that you're trying to assume what could happen so that you can prevent it, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is where those thoughts are coming from. I thought about something that we mentioned Mm-hmm. Um, before you, with you and I talking, Trifinia. Yeah. Um, but I, Abigail, I would like to ask you: um, Do you think that sleep deprivation could mm-hmm. contribute to postpartum depression, or do you think there is a difference? Um, I don't know. Mm. So I, I, th- I'm, I guess in a short answer, yes. But I also think that that the main source of the de- postpartum depression in its truest form is deficiencies. Mm. Like that's, uh, but the, again, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do think that other things can attribute. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even I think it, I briefly mentioned that actually earlier when I was like, you know, they tell you to whenever you're depressed and with not having motherhood in the mix, right? So just typical good old depression, right? They tell you get enough sleep. Yeah. Go exercise. Yeah. Eat a good diet. Are you doing any get of those routine. things whenever you're a new mom? Can you do any of those yeah. things exactly. when you're a new like, mom? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the only thing I think that was my saving grace was, and this is not an ad, was the Moms on Call app. Oh, so the, yeah. it yeah. gave a schedule for me. Yeah. And with having two, I needed that schedule. Mm, but yeah. that schedule allowed such a routine for them and for me that mm. I was able to coordinate like, okay, yes. here is a time that I can exercise and here's a time when I can take a nap. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I do think that sleep definitely, I mean, I think people are delusional when they're like, <laughs> oh, you're a new mom, just get some more sleep, honey. Sleep when the baby sleeps. And I'm like, they say that. A lot of people say oh that. Oh my gosh, they do. You can try. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're staring at him the whole time. <laughs> so Abigail, what are you doing now to help you maintain like your mental health, like practically? Um, well, there's definitely a couple things that I almost recite to myself, I guess. It's oh, like, really? m- you know, mental little reminders where yeah. I'm like, anytime I start to get offended at my mm-hmm. family members, right? I'm like, their heart's in the right place. Mm. And I'm getting good. offended because I'm not doing well, right? Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I need a snack. I need a nap. Whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I need to go pray, right? Yeah. It's like... I'm realizing that a lot of the ways that I perceive the world is really just that. It's a perception, right? Mm. Yeah. And so, and it has entirely everything to do with whether I ate the right food, whether I took a good nap. So 
I would say that that's probably the top thing is realizing that like, okay, just because I'm angry and offended right now mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's true. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but like when you're really frustrated and just go take a nap, you wake up and you're like, all's right. In Why the world. was I yeah. mad? <laughs> yeah. So, um, weird. so I think being self-aware mm-hmm. in that way yeah. where it's like, okay, that's not true. Yeah. And what do I need right now? Um, so and now, mind you, I am not always the best at this, <laughs> but um, I do really try to eat good food. Um, yeah. I don't like fast food. I don't really even like going to restaurants anymore. Like, yeah. I would much rather go get the food from Publix or whatever myself yeah. and cook it um, just because I know what's in it then. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I think now, again, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, or anything, <laughs> but, but I do think that that is a huge factor in the level of mental illness that's running rampant in the country right now yeah. is the what we're eating, right. what yeah. we're putting in our bodies, like topically or, yeah, you know, in yeah. food. So well, you brought a lunchbox in. She brought it. I a, did. I, I, I want to get I had, <laughs> I had a friend, <laughs> uh, my husband's friend. He used to like, he, you know, before they knew Jesus, they would go <laughs> clubbing <laughs> and uh, homeboy would have just the lunchbox with them and he'd be like why do you have a lunchbox and he'd be like well everybody knows that they're gonna need to eat and then they get surprised when they're out and they're like uh-huh i'm hungry <laughs> you know and so he's like i would rather have quality food with me mm, yeah um, so i packed sense. i That's mean valid. and it doesn't have to be boring like i packed homemade pizza like yeah like yeah. from scratch homemade pizza and yeah. that is some good stuff oh my gosh that's some of the best pizza i've ever had yeah it's homemade so pizza. good yes You've never and had homemade pizza? No. Girl, Do you, you make the dough it. too? Um, you can it, buy the dough. Yeah, it dough. depends. It's okay. not too hard to make the dough. I mean, just let it rise for a couple hours. Oh. It's like four ingredients. That's it. But yeah, I mean, you were talking about how the food that we eat probably contributes. Because like, I know like if I eat something mm. heavy, like I feel it in my body. Right. And then I like, like because I feel it in my body, then I'm like, ugh. I mean, and think about it. Your body's doing all that extra work to get yeah. rid of all the extra junk that's in the food. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever noticed. If you were to buy, like, pre-made frozen pizza, all right, or even, like, one of the fast food chain pizzas, like uh-huh. Hungry Howie's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, whatever. Yeah. You fancy, right? You could eat half the pizza. Yeah. Have you guys ever noticed this? That's very true. And if you make homemade pizza, you, only you can like have one. one to two slices yes. and you are maxed out full. Yes. That's Why is that? True a great question not quality ingredients that's why the phrase Uh, nutrient dense is so like running rampant right now because Mm -hmm. a lot of the food that we eat it's like it's not good or bad food right it's just one has more nutrients and the other one doesn't so i feel like those are probably the two main things is being mentally aware um of how my thoughts affect how i perceive my reality right Mm. and then also the food i eat and then the second one is i used to think that i needed to be working out right and I think maybe in the beginning I did to Mm. get get myself in that groove but now that my boys are walking Mm. um Mm. playing with them is the best option I've got um and that looks differently some days you know sometimes it's crawling on the floor sometimes it's chasing them around the yard I mean Mm. um and I think giving myself the freedom to do that now as my form of like physical activity Mm. yeah or um, working in the yard. That's my new favorite thing right now. It's mm-hmm. working in the yard. Um, and like so exercising really doesn't have to look like yeah, a uniformed right. exercise. Like just being active in general. Like, yeah. And it's good for you and the kids. Like yeah. Yeah. You, you need to be ex- outside and exercising. Like take them on a walk. Like 
you want to go on a bear hunt like that yeah. was my my oh. mother-in-law she just started doing that with them and so now we walk around the yard going on a bear hunt we're gonna catch a big one you know <laughs> but it's like yeah it seems silly and small but you're moving right and you're mm-hmm. getting vitamin d from being outside and yeah. you're spending quality time with your kids so then it doesn't have to be as rigid i think as people that's assume. good yeah you mentioned being outside with your depression, did you notice a difference between being outside and being inside when you were? Um, so I've definitely always been solar powered is what my family calls it. <laughs> um, like we used to live in Colorado mm-hmm. and when we were there and y'all, everybody's got their own opinions about this. Okay. But we would go to a tanning bed during mm-hmm. the winter month because mm-hmm. it was so you know snowy, overcast, right. whatever. We were from Florida, the sunshine state. We no, needed that sun. Yeah, yeah. And so we would go into the tanning bed. It would be like 15 minutes max, right, in that bed. I would – like it literally would change my mood in the huh. yeah. blink of an eye. Like we went from being angry and frustrated and grumpy and then sunshiny. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> True. <laughs> so um, – Um, to be honest, whenever I was really, um, in that depression or whatever, I didn't want to go outside. Mm. Like it was very rare that I was like drawn out to be in the sun, you know, versus now where I'm like, if I don't get in the sun, I notice I'm like, I need to be outside right Mm, now. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think that Mm. it adjusts some things. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of like a indicator almost Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. You've shared your story right mm-hmm. i did a little bit yeah, on the briefly yeah first when we talked about it last week like yeah. as an introduction but again still uh, and how many episodes nice have we done this is the, this second, is the one. second one okay. <laughs> we went really deep really yeah going in, going in. we're like hey well, why I mean, not <laughs> well there's no reason to gloss over anything because right. yeah at this point like we've all heard the glossed over versions of everybody else's motherhood experience yeah yes and now here we are we're trying to uncover the unglossed versions yes. you know? yeah that's a whole podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point right yeah so, yeah that makes cool, sense huh? um i definitely I mean, feel it's validated it's nice to hear your story abigail it made me feel very validated when you were like, yeah, that was me. That was me. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, when nobody you were, had yeah. said that to me, like whenever, whenever I was going through that and like, especially whenever you read like the questionnaire, like obviously somebody has yeah. gone through enough of it where they're like, oh, we should make a questionnaire. And then like, what questions should we put on the questionnaire? And it's like, well, this person dealt with it like this and this person dealt with it like this. Yeah. And when you don't match any of that, yeah. it's like, well, I don't even, I'm just like, nope. You don't even read it. I don't even read it. I'm just like. Let me circle what I know is the right answer. So that I can <laughs> you move manipulated on with the test. My, so that I can move on with my day. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty twisted. Now I'm I saying out loud, but here well, we like, are. I mean, here's the thing, too. Like, I, I wonder what they would do. Like, what's, yeah. what, a, like, yeah. especially, like, yeah. so, like, at your, at your doctor, mm-hmm. they only asked you, what, at your six-week appointment? That's it, right? Well, they've given it to me every time. Yeah. And every time I'll do the same. Well, thing. are you talking about the OBGYN? Yeah. Or? Yeah, that's the. I got it at six weeks for that, but then oh. I get it for every time yes. I take him to the pediatrician. So yeah. it's not every time. It'll probably end at a year. Oh, okay. But, okay. But yeah, so like, but like, what would the pediatrician do? Be like, oh, hey, you need to go talk to your OBGYN. And I'd be like, another appointment that i right. have to bring my kids to like <laughs> if, if they, you, if so they even let you like, well and first of all how is that gonna help me right like if i'm already dealing with yeah. like the stress of like bringing them to an appointment it's exhausting to get yeah. them out of the house like yeah. you almost need someone to come to you mm-hmm. or no. a friend 
Well, there are. There are. I've been looking into alternative options besides the hospital for births. And the midwives, so in all of the countries except for the United States, they have midwives and not doctors, right? And so the midwives are trained in the majority of the things that doctors are trained in. Uh Um, And then they transport you to the hospital if there's any sign of struggle or whatever. Uh Um, But then... You were talking about the midwife and mm-hmm. like the how midwives that come help to your me? house. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, they they do like, and it's set for an extended period of time, and and a lot of times you can pay, I guess, up front for like care or postpartum care. Mm. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that. No, I haven't. So where they send you know a nurse or a midwife, and they go and they cook food for you, and they like so I imagine like if you're in a place where you don't have family or something yeah. that yeah. would be definitely something to look into yeah and I would think they'd be able to see a better um yeah like if, a better if, picture yeah if yeah. you were actually dealing with postpartum depression they'd be able to see it better yeah mm-hmm. wow but mm. I mean yeah I'm like what would my OBGYN do be like oh hey let me just write you a referral for to go see a therapist it's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right one more thing i have to add to my list yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that is an interesting thing to think about like if somebody were to formally diagnose you with postpartum depression like what would happen right is it medication or is it holistic options or yeah i don't know i don't know yeah we need to get a doctor on here Uh, yeah trying are you (laughs) yeah Yeah, i want a doctor well that is actually an interesting thought too because like you said earlier that not everybody has the same approach to medicine Yes. And so like like how you said, okay, well what it would be, medication or a holistic approach like <laughs> let's say you were formally diagnosed by a doctor, okay, you need help, let's do this. Like would you being in postpartum depression be aware enough or in a place enough where you could say, okay, but this is how I want it to happen. Like let's say you don't want to take the meds but you want a holistic approach like would you be able to tell your doctor like there's just so many questions you know i don't know if i would have been would you no i got stuff to do (laughs) you know that's my problem it's like oh this how is this gonna fit into my schedule Schedule. like i gotta i'm doing all this stuff and then my son is fine with these other people but i still have all these other things that I need to do. Wow. Right. So no, I would have been like, it's that fear. It goes back. I think the you hit it on the nail. Yes. The fear of inadequacy yeah. is so strong. And I yeah. don't know why. It's, know. It is, it is actually really interesting that we all have dealt with that because like our bodies were made to do what we're doing. Right. Yes. And then it really is an act of God that people end up pregnant anyway. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've like looked at the <laughs> yeah. statistics, like it's the number crazy. of sperm per egg yeah. and like it can only happen. Like the pregnancy can, is only possible like six days out of your cycle. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. And well, and like not to mention that the vagina is like, so, like the pH levels are so, so specific. Yes. Like it has to be a, <laughs> yeah. So specific. Yeah. And otherwise it's not a good space for the, the sperm to survive in like right, it's exactly. wild it's how like it's literally it made to kill off anything that gets in there including yeah. sperm yeah <laughs> that's so crazy yeah like oh my word and then so like i just think it's absolutely fascinating you know yeah. and then and then t- to come full circle and be like 
I'm not any good at this. It's like, oh, what right. are you even saying? You know? Yeah. <sighs> wow. Again, I, I just got chills. <laughs> I think, but I think I talked to someone about this and she was like, it's because you have so many balls in the air. Mm. Like you are doing too much. And it's because I think society or even pr- internal pressures that we put on yeah, ourselves. The expectations yeah. That we have. yeah. The expectations. To or do, even unspoken expectations. Yes to do all of these things that we were not equipped to do all of those things nor were we supposed to do all of those things mm-hmm. and then you're left feeling inadequate mm-hmm. so and that's yeah, why super fascinating like what you said earlier that's why help is so important yeah but like like how and you mentioned about perception and mm-hmm. i don't know how much of that is societal or how much of that is personal but like um, not being willing to receive help for that fear of inadequacy kind of thing. It's just like, it just all compiles. It would be really interesting to just do a, a whole episode just on that, on the fear of inadequacy and what it affects. And Yeah. I feel like what you said is, is the um, epitome is the only word that's coming to my head of that fear of inadequacy like with what you shared with us and like because you mentioned it several times it all goes yeah, back to that it really has been at the core like of, of is, everything mm-hmm. yeah and for all you moms listening you are not alone in feeling like you're not enough or like you can't do it or like people think that you can't do it but you can like abigail said like you were literally made to do this mm-hmm. and you have community you have friends you yeah. have family who are there to help you and it is okay to ask for help. It is mm-hmm. okay to receive that help. It is okay to allow the help in, as you, we've heard from Abigail's story. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, too, like how different our versions of inadequacy look. Yeah. You don't want to sit still. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time doing anything but sitting still. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that, um, like, don't, don't be, don't hesitate to, like, take yeah. be introspective and 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 see what you're dealing with because just because yours doesn't look like somebody else's mm, wow yeah. you know that's good mm-hmm. that's that's this i just i don't have words to describe <laughs> how amazing your story is mm-hmm. and just like all the things that your you shared with us to today share. yeah. yeah and your yes your willingness mm-hmm. like i literally <sighs> was on the phone with my sister this morning on the way here and i said I don't know how real they want me to be. Like, am I going to get in trouble for saying any of this out loud? And she was like, I don't know, but I feel like you should be as real as you can. I said, (laughs) why? And she's like, because I know that just from hearing your own stories, like Mm -hmm. there's things that I can have a better eye out for. Mm. Yes. Which, so I I really hope that like even the people who don't have any kids, they're like, I remember that one girl talking about this. And now I know what to look out for. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yes. Oh, I have chills. Is it from the cold room? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, maybe partially, but at the same time, like, Uh I don't know. There's just so many things that throughout this conversation that you've said that literally my my hair's just like stood on end like, wow, that's so good. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for joining us. And 
again, if any of you listening think that mm-hmm. you may even have postpartum depression, like even if you like think like it doesn't hurt to talk to somebody like your doctor, yeah. a therapist, a counselor, Friend. just to talk about it, get it out there. Um, because I mean, help goes a long way and mm-hmm. talking yeah. to somebody goes a long way. Um, and like Abigail said earlier, even if it's a friend who like won't understand, but you can use them as a sounding board, yeah. like that could be very helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even if it's only just to get it off your chest. Right. And then you can talk to some, it's easier to talk to somebody else after that. But yeah. 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 That initial. That's super important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for listening and we look forward to continuing.